Seltzer Kings podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What are they? Well, they're this utterly useless thing that suckers buy that do nothing but consume resources that reproduce asexually. They're, they're kind of like the royal family. Yeah. Ass. The following podcast contains... Only I didn't say fudge. And for gosh sake, watch your language. Watch your profanity. Right, I'm sorry. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you wanted the master race and wound up with invisible brine shrimp, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 362. I did not see Monkey That Coming edition of the show, where we talk about the comic book back page over Gruppenfuhrer who created Sea Monkeys. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Expo Specs X-Ray Glasses. Are you curious what lies beneath the surface? Want to peer deeper into the hidden, the secret, the forbidden? Then Exospecs Super X-Ray Glasses are for you. Simply slip on Exospecs and see the worlds you always wanted to see but couldn't. Warning, Exospecs are not intended for purient purposes. The use of Exospecs to see the naked human body is strictly forbidden, even if it's completely possible, and you shouldn't use these glasses, which only appear through a thin layer of cloth, not human skin, bone, and muscle, to do things like that. Only a real sicko would use a novelty toy for voyeuristic thrills, even though they have literally no other functions. These are not a way to get your perverted rocks off by seeing hot naked people everywhere. So turn your head. Please use Exospecs responsibly. Oh no, it's Dead-Eyed Dan and he's heard that sea monkeys are in town. Dan, Dan, wait, don't go in there. Sea monkeys ain't monkeys, Dan. Why, they don't even live in trees. They live in water. And for little fellas, they sure have big families. All anyone in this town has to do is add sea monkey eggs to prepared water and bang, they see them alive. Now, Dan, there's only room enough in this town for one kind of monkeys and that's sea monkeys, so you better head on out. Sea monkeys, the amazing instant pets for the whole family. A few weeks ago, I... I was a little drunk. Really? Why am I not shocked? And I clicked on a Facebook ad. Look, this isn't something I would normally do because, well, I ad block like a motherfucker, but this one had slipped through for some technical reason that I don't understand, and it was for a, it was for an acoustic guitar. You see, when I was young, I played guitar. Very badly. Because I thought maybe it would get me laid. It never did. You know what did get me laid? Uh, malt liquor. <laughs> Correct, and women with horrible taste in men. Still, I kept those guitars for decades afterwards, until I realized I hadn't picked one up for longer than I could remember, so I sold them. Fast forward uh, about ten years or so, and uh, I'm a little drunk. Yes, thank you, we've established that. And I get to thinking. I think to myself, you know what I should do? I should take up playing guitar again. Because this is what it's like to be, be a middle-aged dude, folks. We spend a lot of time trying to pretend we aren't middle-aged by trying to do the things that we did when we were young. 
At least taking up guitar is less dangerous than thinking I could do some sort of physical activity like my youth, like a keg stand or something. Anyway, I saw this ad on Facebook, which strongly implies Facebook is basically scanning my brain via Bluetooth because I hadn't searched for a guitar and had literally just thought of the idea. <laughs> They're reading my mind. Being a little drunk like I was. That part I already knew. I missed some fairly obvious clues that this was in fact a scam. Like how the branding was for Guitar Center, but the website was not for Guitar Center. And I plugged my credit card into the said website and my money was promptly stolen. Guess we all should have seen that coming. I should have, but again, I was a little drunk. The reason I bring this up is that Facebook is evil and should be burnt to the ground and Facebook ads are basically the, the ads on the back page of comic books when I was a kid. For shit like x-ray goggles, giant playhouses that were nothing more than a fucking garbage bag on some balsa wood sticks. Which brings me to this week's topic. The guy that created sea monkeys was a fucking Nazi. Not like a GOP congressional candidate who flirts with Nazism, but a, like a dyed-in-the-wool swastika-wearing fucking Nazi. Nothing changes. Fucking Nazis. You see, before comic books were high art and financially lucrative, if extremely repetitive, movie franchises. They are today, they were, uh... For the kids. Yeah, like I'm not saying our dads didn't leaf through them while sitting on the shitter. It's just that they weren't written with adults in mind, or even for perpetual, perpetual man-children like, you know, a podcast host. Sure, a lot of people today want to tell you that comic books tackled high-minded social topics and broached cultural barriers that couldn't be addressed in any other media format, and some of that could be true. But let's just say that Archie and Jughead circa 1975 weren't mining Camus for concepts on the absurdity of life. They were doing jokes about hamburgers and whether Archie wanted to bone Betty or Veronica. Here's a hint. Archie wanted to bone both at the same time. I believe it's menage a trois. And since the comics were kids, the advertising, such as it was, was also for kids. And the advertising of the comics were all cheap shit tours or outright scams because, you know, kids. This is some actual copy from one such ad that I found on groovyhistory.com, quote, Imagine your friend Jacques when they would walk into your room and see the monster reaching out bigger than life, Frankenstein, the original man-made monster, that creation of evil genius that terrorized the world, a giant seven foot tall, his eyes glow eerily and his hand reaches out as awful and sinister as the wildest nightmares. Yes, Frankenstein is seven feet tall, in authentic colors, on durable polyethylene, so lifelike you'll probably find yourself talking to him. Won't you be surprised if he answers? That sounds awesome. Now, if you were seven years old and read this, your mind is going to conjure up a massive plastic monster, something so lifelike that it lurched off a movie set or out of your closet in the middle of the night, and it was only a dollar. What right-minded kid wouldn't spend a dollar of their birthday money, plus 25 cents posters and handling, to receive a seven-foot-tall monster statue? And then, after you've waited for weeks, an envelope arrives in the mail. Just a regular-sized envelope with a shitty plastic wall hanger cut out in Frankenstein shape. And it was the first time that most of us realized that capitalism will fuck you every time. But don't be mad at capitalism. Capitalism loves you. Now, if you were of the scientific mind or a budding Mark David Chapman and wanted godlike power of creation to control over a race of tiny humanoid creatures... I wouldn't want something like that. 
There was a ubiquitous ad in every comic book that promised you just that kind of power. The ad copy was, <laughs> it was something to behold. Enter the wonderful world of amazing live sea monkeys. Oh, a bowl full of happiness. Instant pets. So eager to please, they can even be trained. And this was flanked by cartoon images of a humanoid figures in their own aquatic kingdom, implying sea monkeys were not, if human, they were at least human-ish and highly intelligent. A kind of monkey monkey, but smaller and living in a fishbowl. I think you all know where this is going. You send off your dollar twenty-five plus fifty cents shipping and handling, and in a month or so, you receive your envelope containing some Kool-Aid packets that contained your new aquatic friends. It's gonna be great! You fill up a bowl of water and dump the packages in, and a little while later, your sea monkeys would appear. Or rather, your bowl had some floaties in them. A little clear half-inch somethings that just sort of floated around in your bowl, and that that was about it. Then after a day or so floating in your bowl, they all fucking died. Just like your childhood hopes and dreams. <laughs> Capitalism strikes again. Sea monkeys were, and are, because you can still waste your money on them today. They're probably sold via Facebook ads to drunk middle-aged men wanting to relive their childhood. A species of brine shrimp. Small aquatic crustaceans found in saltwater bodies throughout the world. The wild brine shrimp is the bedrock of Amicia fish food chain. And they are the primary food stock for most fish hatcheries. I find that shit fascinating. And what you will find even more fascinating... If you say so. ...is why brine shrimp are so good at being fish food is the exact same reason you can order them in the form of sea monkeys. Brine shrimp eggs can exist for long periods as desiccated cysts waiting only for the rains come to ha and to hatch to continue their life cycles. So fish hatcheries can order them dry by the barrel and just dump them in the fish ponds just like you could dump them in a bowl to hatch and watch them just float around. That is where this story gets fucking weird. This cat by the name of Harold Nathan Brownhut was born in 1926 in Memphis, Tennessee and a short time later moved to New York City with his family, his Jewish family, because Harold Nathan Brownhut was Jewish. Why would you possibly bring that up? I bring that up not because I'm sort of anti-Semitic asshat. I bring that up because it will rapidly become relevant to the story that Nathan, Harold Nathan Brownhut was himself an anti-Semitic asshat and much, much worse. Brownhut is one of those stories that a epitomizes just how fucking strange America truly is. Allegedly, his grandfather on the T-Cone Toy Company that made toys and play sets in the early 1900s up to the 1950s, which could explain Harold's interest in kids' toys, although this could just be another one of Harold's mini bullshit tales because no one could confirm it. A 2011 article on the all.com by Evan Hughes discusses his, his brown hut's penchant for bullshit. Quote, the accounts Von Brownhut gave of his adventures in American Kitsch are consistently winning. Granted, he makes some claims that a skeptic is inclined to independently confirm. At some point in the years after he raced motorcycles as the Green Hornet, Von Brownhut worked as a talent agent of sorts. He tells a magazine about a stunt performer he used to manage. The article has Von Brownhut calling him a fellow by the name of Henry Lamour, who would dive from a height of 40 feet into a kiddie pool filled with 12 inches of water. 
I began to lose faith while trying to verify this doozy, but it turns out the internet allows you to watch a man named Henri Lamoth still pulling off this feat at 71 years old as an opening act for Evil Knievel. Anyone so bold by the Sea Monkey ads could tell you it was hard to say exactly where Von Brownhut was walking the terrain between truth, embellishment, and con. That was his gift. He, was convinced, he convinced us to look at the jazz hands and lose sight of the footwork. Von Braunhut's inventions were not quite what they seemed to be, neither was he, unquote. You'll notice in that article that Harold is referred to as Von Braunhut. That's because sometime in the 1950s, Harold added the Prussian nobility prefix Von to his name because it made it sound, quote, more Germanic, unquote. This was in the 1950s. Shortly after the entire fucking world literally fought a war because one Austrian dude wanted the world to be more Germanic and infinitely less Jewish. And Harold Brownhut, a Jew, wanted himself to be more Germanic and infinitely less Jew. Good. Yeah, he sounds great. How is all of this connected to sea monkeys? And does this mean sea monkeys are somehow anti-Semitic? Let's find out. A 2021 article on mentalfloss.com by Jake Rosen explains, quote, in 1957, a man named Harold Von Braunhut walked into a pet store and noticed a bucket of brine shrimp. He didn't know what it was at the time, but that pail of fish food was an Artemis salina, a species of brine shrimp found in salt lakes. Kids at the time were already fascinated by ant farms, and Von Braunhut thought the Artemis salina could be a brine gold mine. He spent years working in a barn on his property assembling a mail-order package that consisted of one part conditioned tap water and one packet of nutrients, including yeast and algae, and one packet of shrimp eggs. Owing to their, owing to their amazing ability to emerge from something that looked like Kool-Aid powder, Von Braunhut dubbed his product Instant Life and began approaching retailers in the early 1960s with what he thought was a guaranteed hit. It wasn't, because there was already something called Instant Fish, that idea came from Whammo, the toy company responsible for the hula hoop, and had a similar premise, and it was a misfire, and one that retail buyers remembered when Von Braunhut come calling. Instant life was considered an instant failure. Then Von Braunhut had another idea. Instead of trying to convince executives his shrimpies would be lucrative, he decided to aim his pitch directly at his target audience, impressionable children. In 1962, taking out an ad in a comic book was inexpensive compared to the television commercials that major toy companies were producing. Von Braunhut went on an ad buying spree, grabbing space in everything from Batman to Archie to romance titles. He didn't discriminate, at least not with comics, and made his appeal to as many young readers as he could, using the time-tested method of selling straight-up crap to kids, unquote. If you have kids or just remember being a kid, you will know that straight up crap is exactly what kids love. And Harold sold a shit ton of sea monkeys. Nor were sea monkeys his only product. If you love sea monkeys, then you will really love his x-ray specs. Also marketed in the back of comics, these ads feature a subtle image of a dude staring at a fully clothed woman with a leering grin on his face. The implication that these two cardboard lenses with a small hole punched in them created a, that created a kind of ghosting effect by diffraction or some such shit allowed you to see the bones of your hand in the woman without her clothes, resulting in a bone in your pants. 
Gussy it up however you want, Trebek. What matters is, does it work? Sadly, it does not. X-ray specs led to aqua specs to allow you to see through water, to hypno specs, which purported to allow you to hypnotize people, neither of which did anything at all. Then there were the hair-raising monsters, which was a piece of cardboard with crystals that grew if you put water on them. You could get crazy crabs, which were fortunately not marketed with double Ks. Crazy crabs, you could buy a hermit crab, which usually arrived to you in the mail quite dead. Then there were invisible goldfish, which is literally a cheap plastic fishbowl filled with cheap plastic plants that you would fill with real water and then... Imagine there were really invisible goldfish inside. That's right. He sold you nothing. And you pretended there was something. Which again, is very, very capitalism. The man also invented the game Balderdash, which is literally a game about how good of a liar you can be, speaking volumes to the kind of man Harold Von Braunhut really was but it would be an entirely different kind of invention that would reveal Harold Von Braunhut for the kind of man he truly was, which was a fucking Nazi. The Kyoga Agent M5, a spring-loaded whip that expanded into a piano wire baton with which one could whip your enemy, presumably the Untermension, into submission. That sounds dangerous. Cops thought so too, which is why Von Braunhut was arrested on weapons charge at LaGuardia Airport in New York City, but those charges would later be dropped because they couldn't find anywhere where this obviously illegal weapon was obviously illegal. You see what tipped people off that old Harold might be a swastika wearing shit stains? Was where he advertised the Kyoga Agent M5. From a 1988 article in the Washington Post by Eugene Meyer, quote, Von Braunhut recently was reported to have pledged part of the proceeds for one of his inventions, a spring-loaded whip-like weapon known as the Kyoga Agent M5 to the legal defense of Aryan Nation's leader Richard G. Butler. Butler was acquitted April 6th of sedition charges at Fort Smith, Arkansas. Von Braunhut promoted the 5995 item as the perfect if you need a gun but can't get a license product, and he advertised it in the spotlight, the weekly publication of the right-wing Washington-based Liberty Lobby and in the Aryan Nation's newsletter as part of Butler's fundraising. Von Braunhut was listed among the group of outstanding Aryan nationalist leaders featured in a 1984 Aryan Nations Congress held at Hayden Lake, Idaho. His affiliation was listed on the program as, quote, Imperial Order of the Black Eagle, unquote. Also, Von Braunhut was mentioned in the indictment of top Ohio Klansman in 1985, Grand Dragon Dale R. Roish. Roish was fined $5,000 and given three years probations for violating federal gun laws. The indictment, which did not charge Von Braunhut, said he financed Roish's $11,954 purchase and took possession of 83 automatic pistols, rifles, and revolvers between November 1980 and December 1981, unquote. Yeah. The money you spent on sea monkeys as a kid went to help the fucking KKK by fucking guns. If you also bought x-ray goggles from a dude who once said, quote, Hitler wasn't such a bad guy, he just received bad press, unquote. Can I have my money back? <sighs> when the news vote broke that Harold was a fucking piece of shit Nazi scumfuck, people had 
thoughts. The company Von Braunhut, licensed to distribute his shitty merch, quickly distanced themselves from him and comic books stopped running his ads, but by that time, he was already a millionaire. Yeah, of course, Harold made millions selling fake shit to children. Today, you would need to be a tech mogul to make that kind of money and be a hate peddler, but in the, 80, but in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you could do it in comic books. Despite Harold being a Jew, you know who did not turn their back on Harold? The Nazis? Exactly. Quoting from a Southern Poverty Law Center blog in 2004, quote, while thousands of Americans were taking a skeptical second look at their sea monkeys, the Post also sent a jolt through the neo-Nazi world with his other big finding. The 62-year-old supporter of the neo-Nazi groups was born and raised in New York City as Harold Nathan Brownhut, a Jew. And for the rest of his life, Von Brownhut's legendary cleverness deserted him whenever he was questioned about being a Jewish neo-Nazi. But even with his Aryan pretensions hope hopelessly dashed, Von Brownhut's millions kept him in the Aryan nation's fold. In December 1985, Von Brownhut, who called himself an ordained priest and often wore a clerical collar to Aryan nation gatherings, presided over the funeral of Betty Butler, the chief of the Aryan nation's wife, unquote. Man, American Nazis just ignoring the Jew in their midst for the money. Hitler would not approve. American hate groups keep proving again and again that even in the hate is real, it's still mostly just about the grift. And even after it became known the sea monkeys were Nazi fucking shrimp cocktails, CBS still made it a Saturday morning cartoon about them in the 1990s. Voiced by Howie Mandel. Mandel co-created the show and Howie Mandel is Jewish. Oh, what the fuck? Mandel said he created the show because his daughter was fascinated by sea monkeys and thought it could be the next Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But the show was canceled after 11 episodes because it was really, really expensive to produce. Not because the creator of the topic of the show was a goddamn fucking Nazi. Sea monkeys, unlike thankfully Harold Von Braunhut, are not dead. They're still being sold today, bouncing around through various distributors. Going back to that Mental Floss article, quote, In 2000, the Los Angeles Times reported that a company called Educational Insights was distributing under their Exploratory division with full knowledge of the allegations against Von Braunhut. Company executives said they were never asked about the char charges directly, and they didn't think he was the type of person to spread hate speech. When a reporter showed them newsletters from the National Anti-Zionist Institute, which used a P.O. box also used to order sea monkey paraphernalia, executives said that Harold just denied the allegations. Von Braunhut died in 2003 at the age of 77. Transcience, the company he started to produce sea monkeys, was inherited by his second wife. More about her in a moment. She continued to run the sea monkey empire from her home in Maryland and signed a deal with Big Time Toys in 2007 for that company to package and distribute the kits for Transcience. The actual shrimp and nutrient packets, which are all considered trade secrets with a nutrient formula locked in a vault, would be, be supplied by his wife. Big Time had the option to pay $10 million for Transcience and the secret recipe and own them outright. That's $10 million for genetically altered brine shrimp, unquote. Genetically altered brine shrimp that were created and peddled by a fucking Nazi. Of course, it wasn't that simple. Yolanda Signorelli von Braunhut, whom Harold married in 1980, replaced him as CEO of the company. She is a former model 
who appeared in bondage films in the 1960s and claims her mother was one of the inspirations for Lois Lane. Yolanda naturally claims that she had no idea that her husband of three decades held any kind of white supremacist beliefs despite all the fucking white supremacist Nazis the two of them hung around with all the fucking time. She sued the license holder Big Time Toys in 2013 for breach of contract. It's a whole sordid story about the company allegedly agreeing to buy a secret formula for sea monkeys. Of course, there's a secret Nazi formula for sea monkeys. And that formula... It belongs in a museum. And how the company never followed through buying, the, buying that formula and instead went on to buy knockoff sea monkeys from China, which are somehow cheaper and shittier than the old-fashioned American Nazi version. And you can't even count on your fucking sea monkeys to be a pure Aryan stock anymore. The suit was settled in 2017, presumably Yolanda got paid, and she continues to live on today at the Sea Monkey Estate in Southern Maryland. And if there is a lesson to be drawn from a story about a quasi-fraudulent product sold to children by the self-hating Jew-turned-neo-Nazi, then that is the story of American capitalism. It always was and it always will be. It doesn't matter how terrible your product or how terrible a human being you are, you can get rich if you're able to convince enough naive, childish, or just plain stupid people to buy your shit. Which is why we have things from the dubious, like patent medicine, to the inane, to the, like the pet rock, to the downright insane, like Ronald Reagan and Trump. If you got a little swag, a great bullshit line, a likable lie, people will buy your worthless shit. And speaking of that, those x-ray specs, I want my money back. I did not see a single set of boobs, you con artist swindler. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That is it for our show this week. I had not heard about Nazi sea monkeys until I heard it on a podcast a week or so ago. <laughs> yeah, of course I steal content from other podcasts to talk about on this podcast. Everybody does it. You think coming up with content is easy? At least I'm not funneling money to white supremacists or buy weapons or anything. That being said, if you could rate and review our show wherever you get your podcast, it'll help others find this show and take a listen and maybe steal our content. Thus, not unlike a, full, a bowl full of brine shrimp, continuing the circle of life. Do all the things Jeremy tells you to do in the closing credits. That way, he won't have to come to your house and take a whiz in your bowl of sea monkeys. You do it. That's how we keep listeners in line on this podcast network. And so for me, Dave, here we come. Walking down the street. We get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Bledsoe, producer... You, you know they, they want even a real group. Gavin and all the fictional brine shrimp on this show, we want to say, look, we're too busy singing to bring anybody down, much less fund and support a white supremacist cause with our ill-gotten money from children. And we'll see you all next week. What the Hell Were You Thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. 
You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com, or on Twitter at thehell underscore podcast, or on Facebook as What The Hell Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. So, uh, did you know that sea monkeys are actually shrimp? Seltzer Kings Podcasts.